1: You're on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdollis at gmail.com. I've got a voicemail line set up where you can vent with your questions or comments at 772-245-0750. That number again, is 772-245-0750. So this old Joe Biden story that I did nothing wrong in the Ukraine and my my son, Hunter Biden, was sitting there on that board collecting $83,000 a month. It's just a coincidence. We never spoke about it. He never mentioned it to me. Uh, it, It is just pure coincidence that the company that the Ukrainian prosecutors were investigating for massive corruption went out and hired Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and John Kerry's a former fundraiser, uh, Devin Archer, to sit on that board. And then shortly after they arrived, I demanded that the prosecutor that was investigating that firm be fired or I was going to withhold a billion dollars. Just pure coincidence, says, but Joe Biden and all the mainstream media, they just nod their heads in agreement. There's no proof of this. this. These are false allegations. Absolutely unfounded. There's no evidence for it. They say, they don't go out and try to find any evidence. They just support and defend the narrative that Donald Trump, by asking about this, has committed some huge, grievous um, uh, crime that for which he must be impeached. And you wonder how do these people have any honor or or dignity, calling themselves journalists, while blatantly trying desperately to keep the truth from coming out. Well, there's an old saying, the truth will out, and there are still a few real journalists left. One of them is John Solomon, who has published a report now that says there were multiple contacts between uh, this gas firm, Burisma, after they hired Hunter Biden and uh, Devin Archer, with the U.S. State Department trying to uh, lobby uh, the State Department under John Kerry to uh, call off these allegations of uh, wrongdoing on the part of Burisma. What you got to know about all of this is um, Hunter Biden was a lobbyist. First and foremost, he was a, 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 an influence peddler. And the reason he had a successful lobbying career is because he traded and trafficked on the influence of his father. Yes, his name was important, but even more important than that was his ability to deploy Sleepy Joe in the interests of Hunter Biden's clients. And uh, it is now coming to light that uh, he did this. This was a business model, uh, and he did it again and again he did it when he worked uh for banking interests in um in Delaware where Joe Biden was a senator when Joe Biden became vice president he uh he took that same business model and deployed it in the Ukraine and China and Romania and other places where Joe Biden had influence but um John Solomon has published this piece in the uh, the Federalist now And I'll just uh, excerpt it. Hunter Biden and his Ukrainian gas firm colleagues had multiple contacts with the Obama State Department during the 2016 election cycle, including one just a month before Vice President Joe Biden forced Ukraine to fire the prosecutor that was investigating his son's company for corruption. During that February 2016 contact, a U.S. representative for Burisma Holdings, sought a meeting with Undersecretary of State Catherine Novelli to discuss ending the corruption allegations against the Ukrainian firm where Hunter Biden worked. Now, uh, unquote, what you got to realize is this, uh, this contact was made citing Hunter Biden and, and uh, Devin Archer. In other words, in the email that they sent to Novelli requesting this meeting, they, cite, they cited that they had Hunter Biden and Devin Archer on their boards and that uh, they were two high profile Americans. You know that Hunter Biden never actually traveled to the Ukraine? He attended uh, basically for these at least $83,000 a month uh, retainers that went on for three years, totaling over $3 million. He, uh, he never traveled to the Ukraine he attended two conferences uh, for Burisma that were outside of uh, the Ukraine and uh, and basically he was he was there a lobbyist in Washington trying to call off the dogs for this uh, this corruption that was there you got to read this article John Solomon is doing the work that the uh, the mainstream media, uh, is refusing to do, there is extensive contacts between Burisma, Hunter Biden, Ar- uh, Devin Archer, and the State Department. And, uh, and all of this really puts the lie to this constant refrain that we've been hearing from old Joe Biden and, uh, and his mainstream mouthpieces that there's nothing to see here. There's no evidence. Move on. Here's old Joe Biden Uh, shortly after these revelations broke. He was on the campaign trail, and he was asked, well, obviously we know you didn't do anything wrong, but isn't it a conflict of interest for you to be in charge of Ukraine policy and your son sitting on a board of the major Ukrainian gas company that's under investigation? Here's how old Joe responds.
2: (laughs)
3: How is your role as vice president in uh, in charge of policy in
4: Ukraine and your son's job in Ukraine? How is that not a conflict of interest? It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. No
1: president. Don't ask me any questions. Focus on Trump. Oh, okay. You want us to focus on Trump? That's what we'll do. We'll go out and we'll gin up this impeachment effort because uh, Donald Trump had the uh, termidity, I think that's a word, to ask about uh, the corruption in the Ukraine involving the previous administration. Don't focus on me. Focus on Trump. And then you probably remember uh, that embarrassing moment for the de- just uh, despicable Anderson Cooper at the, uh, uh, the, the debate, uh, the Democrat debate, where Anderson Cooper asked a question about it that has an exoneration of Joe Biden built into the question. The impeachment inquiry is centered
0: on President Trump's attempts to get political dirt from Ukraine on Vice President Biden and his son Hunter. Mr. Vice President, President Trump has falsely accused your son of doing something wrong while serving on a company board in Ukraine. I want to point out there's no evidence of wrongdoing by either one of you.
1: I want to get to the. That is just a stunning, stunning, embarrassing question. I guess Jeff Zucker must have written that question and put it in Anderson Cooper's mouth Does Anderson Cooper consider himself a journalist because you talk about the shame of it you're you're there to ask a question you build in an exoneration to the uh, the person you're asking the question in the question and then make the argument <laughs> I mean I'm gonna play it again because it it should be in every journalist um, curriculum in schools, in journalism schools across the country of how low journalism can sink when you allow it to be co-opted by um, political operatives.
0: And the impeachment inquiry is centered on President Trump's attempts to get political dirt from Ukraine on Vice President Biden and his son Hunter. Mr. Vice President, President Trump has falsely Accused your son of doing something wrong While serving on a company board in Ukraine I want to point out there's no evidence Of wrongdoing by either one of you
5: I want to get to the heart of it Did you and your father ever discuss Ukraine?
4: No As I said, the only time was after A news account, it wasn't a discussion in any way There's no but to this, no, we never did
6: Have you ever spoken to your
1: son About his overseas business dealings?
4: I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings
1: There was actually a photograph of them playing golf together uh, with the Ukrainians.
4: My son did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. I carried out the policy of the United States
1: government. He set In the, the policy. You gave
5: me the reasons why you're on that board. You did not list the fact that you were the son of the. Vice of course. President.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, what
5: role do you think that played? I think
1: that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president. He would not have been hired for that board had he not been the vice president's son. Burisma, which was under investigation in which the, the uh, CEO had his house raided, his, I think his house was actually uh, confiscated as well as his, his, um, his vehicle. They went out and they hired Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's son of the current vice president, Devin Archer, former number one fundraiser for Secretary of State John Kerry. They went out and hired them to protect them. They deployed them in Washington, D.C. to lobby on behalf of Burisma to have the dogs called off. Next thing you know, old Joe Biden is bopping over there. And and telling him if you don't fire this prosecutor, then I'm not I'm going to withhold a billion dollars in aid. Donald Trump asked about it, and we got to impeach Donald Trump. It's really quite amazing. You've you've no doubt heard the uh, the clip where Hunter Biden is on that uh, that panel at the Council on Foreign Relations bragging about doing this. So I'm not going to replay that one. I'll play you a clip here. This is Joe Biden speaking apparently to the Ukrainian parliament bragging about all of the money that the U S taxpayers is delivering for the Ukraine.
4: The United States is with you in this fight. We understand we're with you afar. It's much harder for you than it is for us. We've stepped up with official assistance to help backstop the Ukrainian economy. We've rallied the international community to commit a total of $25 billion in bilateral and multilateral financing to support Ukraine. It includes $2 billion in U.S. loan guarantees and the possibility of more. Yesterday, I announced almost $190 million in new American assistance to help Ukraine fight corruption, strengthen the rule of law, implement critical reforms, bolster civil society, advance energy security. That brings our total of direct aid to almost $760 million in direct assistance and additional loan guarantees since this crisis broke out. And we were, that is not the end of what we're prepared to do if you keep moving.
1: You just keep doing what I say, and the money will keep flowing to one of the most corrupt places in Europe. There'll be a lot of money sloshing around, American taxpayer money. We can all get rich. My son can get rich. Associates of the, sec- of the Secretary of State can get rich. You can get rich. We just have to make sure that everybody's taken care of and all work out. You know, it was. Uh, I think it was yesterday, yesterday morning, the news broke that Joe Biden is now claiming that he did not even know that his son Hunter was working on that board. Now, if that were the case, why wouldn't he have said that When this whole scandal erupted, which has been more than a month ago, why wouldn't he he claim that? I believe he knew that this John Solomon piece was coming. I believe that somebody in the State Department tipped Joe Biden off that they they were going to have to release these memos to John Solomon, showing that uh, Hunter Biden and Devin Archer were in fact lobbying uh, the State Department to uh, to uh, clear barisma and by that time they had done enough uh, research to know or to be confident that there was nothing in the public record uh, where Joe Biden was acknowledging his son's connection to barisma and now he's trying to uh, distance himself even, even further. If you believe that Hunter Biden never discussed his work at the largest oil and gas company in the Ukraine while his dad was uh, was in charge of the Ukrainian portfolio. I've got that proverbial bridge to sell you. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the developments on the whistleblower front. And then in the second half hour of today's show, we're going to take extensive clips from Donald Trump's rally in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, last night. It was a barn burner, and you're going to want to hear it. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
0: When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, Hmm, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H track all wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: You know, one of the reasons the founders enshrined freedom of the press in the very first amendment of the Constitution is because they realized how critical a uh, a press was in keeping <clears throat> the um, the uh, government accountable and honest. But when we live in a, a a period of time where so much of the media is um, dedicated and committed to just preserving the Uh, the left-wing takeover of this country, we are really in dire straits. And I've been asking, uh, ever since this whole whistleblower uh, fiasco erupted, which was designed, obviously, to uh, put the administration back on the defensive because they were starting to dig into the wrongdoing in the Ukraine, I've been asking, isn't anyone going to ask this guy, Eric Chiaramella, some very obvious questions? Now, we know the guy's identity. The mainstream media still refuses to publish it because they want to pretend that uh, you know it's it's uh, important that we maintain his anonymity and that uh, it's somehow a crime to to uh, expose who it is. It's not a crime. The whistleblower statute does not protect your identity. It protects you against uh, uh, retaliation for blowing the whistle. It doesn't give you any sort of anonymity. They're trying to forward this, uh, this narrative that it's a crime to identify Eric Chiaramella. So we all know who the guy is now. We know who he is because the real Eric Chiaramella has not denied that he is the whistleblower. If Eric Chiaramella was not the whistleblower, he would have been right in front of a camera almost immediately saying, it's not me. So we, I think we can be fairly certain that this is the guy but nobody in the fake news media is going to this guy asking some fairly obvious questions. Like, um, did you work for John Brennan? Were you, were you John Brennan's man in the White House shortly after Donald Trump took office? Were you the one that leaked uh, the phone calls between Trump and the president of Mexico and the prime minister of Australia? Are you, Were you part of the resistance movement when you were uh, bringing... Um, Clinton campaign operatives to the Ukrainian embassy trying to dig up Trump uh, dirt on then-candidate Trump? I mean, this is real journalism that needs to be done. There's only so many real journalists left. John Solomon, Peter Schweitzer, uh, the people over there at One America News actually sent out a reporter to try to track down Eric, uh, Eric Ciaramella and ask him, one, are you in fact a whistleblower? And two... All of these other difficult questions. One American News, small operation based in San Diego, making a uh, a name for itself, establishing itself as a real um, journalistic outlet by asking the questions that the mainstream media is leaving in the void.
7: Now coming up to the front
8: door of the Cheramilla home to see if there's someone here who can talk to us. One American News left messages at two numbers listed for the Charamello family at the home that is the residence of his parents. I gave my business card to a man at the home who identified himself with the same name as Eric Charamello's father. My name's uh, Neil McCabe. I'm with One American News. Okay. Do you uh, know, is Eric Charamello here? No. Do you know him? Yeah. Is there a way we could get in touch with him? Oh, give me your card. I'll.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can bet Eric Ciaramello is going to be, uh, responding to one American news. Uh, the, the lawyers for this, this guy, this so-called whistleblower has, uh, sent a letter to the Republican saying, oh, that he'll answer, answer questions in writing. He'll answer questions in writing so that he can sit there with his lawyers and compose, um, you know, obfuscation and, uh, and try to, uh, dodge you know the real questions that need to be asked on cross-examination when you you know what they're trying to do basically is put the president on trial to remove him from office and the 60 65 million people that voted for him have be basically disenfranchised but the guy that started all this that is obviously or that is apparently i should say uh part of the resistance in the government says that he's not going to answer questions and he's got old um old Adam Schiff there, running interference for him. Well, if if they're going to do that in the House, Lindsey Graham, calling Lindsey Graham, somebody wake up Lindsey Graham. Call him, Lindsey Graham, before your Senate Judiciary Committee and ask him some of these questions. Kevin McCarthy uh, was on, I think it was, Well, it was one of the Fox shows talking about asking why is uh, Adam Schiff so determined to hide the identity of this whistleblower? What's
8: interesting, remember what Adam would say at the beginning, like the administration was going to hold this whistleblower back, that all this quid pro quo was in there. Then once the call came out and we saw the transcript where the president has done nothing wrong, nothing to be impeached, but now they won't bring the whistleblower forward? What does Adam Schiff have to hide? It, once again, he's taken America through a nightmare because of his lies.
1: Yeah, uh, we know what he's trying to hide. He's trying to hide that Schiff actually coordinated with the, whistle, with the whistleblower to draft this complaint. We've got a, uh, just a couple of minutes left, and I've got to get this, uh, this clip in on this topic. This is Ted Runyon on, on uh, Tucker talking about what this is all really about.
6: This is kind of a clarifying moment for us, Tucker, over the last few years, in which I really do think a lot of these people find democracy terribly inconvenient. But this is the problem. We're in about a hundred-year experiment where we have dropped an administrative state into a constitutional republic, and the problem is those inside the administrative state, these powerful bureaucrats given immense powers now seem to think that they're the ones making the decisions and this whole idea of a constitutional republic where the power flows from the people to their duly elected representatives is terribly inconvenient and kind of an archaic idea that's what we're really dealing with but yes. you think about this person that's now been named by real clear investigations the federalist washington examiner not what not only was he not a whistleblower but a partisan political operative he didn't just show up at the White House. He was detailed from the CIA. He was not picked by random. I would argue that he was there to represent Brennan's interests, the CIA interests. And if you take it to its full extent, Tucker, again, this I think this person was more of a confidential asset of John Brennan's inside the White House.
1: I believe he's a confidential asset. He is a deep state resistance operative deploying the uh, the intelligence communities to try to Im- still trying to impeach this president the insurance policy what i want to know is where is the damn ig's report they've pursued this three-year frame up against Donald Trump and we're still waiting to to get to the bottom of it they want to impeach trump for inviting foreign influence while they were cultivating smears from the ukraine and russia and the united kingdom and italy and, and australia it's really quite amazing we're gonna run out to a break when we come back we're gonna take a look at uh donald trump's rally in lexington kentucky last night stick with us we'll be back right after these messages
5: Check out schwanns.com/yum for details.
1: And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five-O Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that Donald Trump is a master communicator and uh, and the best ever. And I've I've kind of resisted that notion because um, you know uh, he he struggles for words. He uh, he he's not the most articulate person in the world. But but what I think he really has going for him is he one he speaks in the parlance of everyday people. He uh, he doesn't you know uh try to impress you uh he's just <laughs> he's just a guy from queens really a guy from queens who's determined uh and has ultimate confidence in himself and uh and really if you look at these rallies that uh that never failed to pack these arenas and and last night he filled up Rupp Arena if you know anything about Kentucky you know they're basketball crazy in Kentucky and Rupp Arena is uh, is where where they play uh, their their state sport. It is a huge auditorium. He filled it up, packed it to the rafters. Had again thousands of people outside watching on big screens. And um, and I'm going to play you some extensive clips. But the, the the really interesting thing about these rallies is the Democrats are writing Donald Trump's material for him. They have gone so They've strayed so far away from traditional American values. Their policies and prescriptions are so radical and so impractical. Their tactics are so frenzied and so dishonest And their uh, the face. The, the people that they put forward, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, Maxine Waters, AOC, are so uh unsympathetic to put it mildly that they basically they're just they're just writing this guy's uh, material for him all he has to do is is uh you know put it all together go and present it to the american people and it is absolutely devastating so i'm going to play you some clips from uh last night's rally uh extensive clips because i think this was one of the best yet uh, Trump's really hitting his stride as, uh, right in time for the beginning of the uh, election year. I wish we didn't spend so long on elections in this country. We need to get back down to you know, maybe a, a six- or eight-month window where we're doing these elections because uh, it is con- consuming too much of our attention and time when we have real problems that need to be addressed. But uh, the the uh, last night's rally started out with Lee Greenwood, who I think must be actually from Kentucky. Normally, they play his song "Proud to Be an American," but uh, last night he was uh, there in person, in fine voice, um, introducing the president and uh, and and opening, uh, warming up the crowd.
3: Of the United States, Donald J. Trump, next to you and defend her still today. Because there ain't no doubt I love
1: I'm going to let it play. I'm going to let it play.
3: From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. There's pride in every Kentucky heart And it's time we stand and say To be an American where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me
1: man god bless bless the usa you know i remember uh, when my my kids were little uh they they loved that song and uh whenever we would have a neighborhood uh event picnic or whatever we would stand them on the tailboard of my pickup truck and they would uh they would perform lee greenwood uh and god bless the usa they were uh, they were about uh, five and six, four, five, six, and seven at the time, and uh, you know, it really does warm your heart uh, that song and uh, and what it stands for, and uh, and having Lee Greenwood open these Trump events with that uh, that background is uh, is just right on. So, uh, Trump opens the rally, uh, and here's what he has to say to the assembled Kentuckians.
8: Kentucky's unemployment rate has reached the lowest point in the history of our country. That's not bad. Jobs. And I want to just tell you that you have incredible representatives and the job that Matt Bevin has done as governor, he's had to do some things that you had to do. And he's done him unbelievably well. And it sets you up to be a rocket ship in the future. You had to do it. So I just want to thank him for having the courage to do what he had to do. But you have the best numbers you've ever had in the history of the state. And with the help of your Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, we have confirmed 157 judges to follow the Constitution as written. And we're supporting our police. We're rebuilding our military. We're defeating radical Islamic terrorists like never before. The monstrous animal known as al-Baghdadi is dead. And the man that took his place is dead also. Special Forces gave the world's number one terrorist a one-way ticket to hell. No enemy on Earth stands a chance against the awesome power of the United States military, which is now stronger than ever before. We've rebuilt it, and it was all made in America. All made in America. And our country is winning again, and our country is highly respected again. But while we are creating jobs and killing terrorists, the radical Democrats are going totally insane. They want to obliterate the rule of law, drive out faith from the public square, Sire, and you know this, silence you online, confiscate your guns. You better be careful. The Second Amendment, very, very important, very precious. They are after your Second Amendment with us. Nobody's touching our Second Amendment. And that includes the gentleman that's running against Matt. They're after your second amendment. We can't let that happen. They want to indoctrinate your children, you know this. Destroy anyone who holds traditional American values. All you have to do is ask the boys from Covington Catholic High School. some of whom are here tonight. The far left wants to impose their authoritarian ideology on the nation, telling you what to think, what to believe, and how you should live. They want to erase our traditions, our culture, our history, and our heroes. They want to subjugate you and break you to their will, but Kentucky will never be broken Kentucky can't be broken. You're too
1: strong and you're too smart. So yeah, I'm I'm starting to believe that uh, yes, indeed, Donald Trump is a better communicator than even Ronald Reagan was. Uh, Ronald Reagan was, uh, you know, more low key and uh, and uh, certainly uh, kept it on a higher plane. But Donald, you know, Donald Trump is a different leader for a different time, and I think he is uh, he's just nailing the big themes going on in this country and, uh, and, uh, returning us, uh, to the foundations of traditional America In that clip there, uh, he mispronounced the, the word authoritarian. That is the big coverage in the New York times and the Washington post this morning and on Twitter, apparently Donald Trump, they, you know, they, they think he doesn't know how to pronounce the word authoritarian of all the things that went down in that, uh, that rally last night, that's what they're focusing on. But he mentioned um, about halfway through that clip that the, the Democrats have apparently lost their minds. And I believe there's a good case to be made that they have indeed adopted uh, this neuroses that uh, really should be in the DSM at this point, Trump derangement syndrome. And uh, President Trump uh, invited Kentucky's junior senator, they've got some great senators from the state of Kentucky, uh, up to the stage to um, uh, to say a few words, and Rand Paul just knocked it out of the park.
8: Also with us tonight is a great warrior and a great guy, smart, strong, loves your state, and he's really become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, he's a little bit different. It's okay. But whenever I've needed him, whenever I needed him, he was always there. It's true. I mean, sometimes, like, I'd say... I don't need your vote, Rand. Good. And he'll vote his own way. He's got that little libertarian touch. That's okay. That's okay. But whenever we need — and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about we — we need a vote. He's so incredible. And he's become a really good friend. And I want to have him come up for a second. Rand Paul, your senator. A great warrior.
7: President Trump has great courage. He faces down the fake media every day. But Congress needs to step up and have equal courage to defend the president. Hell, yeah. biden made fifty thousand dollars a month
1: eighty three
7: that's the definition of corruption we know he got it only because of his family connections we also now know the name of the whistleblower the whistleblower needs to come before congress as a material witness because he worked for Joe Biden at the same time Hunter Biden was getting money from corrupt oligarchs. I say tonight to the media, do your job and print his name.
2: Do your job.
0: your job.
7: And I say this to my fellow colleagues in Congress, to every Republican in Washington, step up and subpoena Hunter Biden and subpoena the whistleblower. And I say to my colleagues, if Shifty Schiff will not let Hunter Biden come, and if he will not bring the whistleblower for every Republican in Congress should take a walk and say, this is a farce. A farce.
8: Wow Wow thank you
1: <laughs> Trump finally getting some uh, unrestrained love uh, you know from from uh, the elected officials in Washington but you know if the media is not going to investigate who the whistleblower was and uh, and really expose uh, his connections and his motivations they need to just turn in their press credentials if they're not interested, And what went on in the Ukraine, if they're going to leave it just to one or two, um, you know, real remaining journalists, just turn in your press credentials. Go do something else. Hell, do something that you can actually have some pride in. And if the Republicans in Washington are not going to step up Lindsey Graham and start calling these people before uh, committees in the Senate, well, just step down and let somebody run for that office that will do the job. We are at a point of existential, um, I hate to use that word, I'm not going to use that word, but we are at a, a turning point in this country where either we're going to capitulate to this uh, these Democrats that cannot accept that we elected Donald Trump on an America First agenda first and foremost, then, then go do something else. Go let somebody else uh, step up. We got to run out to a break when we come back. We'll, we're going to hear some more from this rally and then we'll try to get to one or two more stories. Stick with us, we'll be right back.
5: This episode is sponsored by Schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, Good question.
8: After years of rebuilding other nations, we are finally rebuilding our nation. We are finally putting America first. Yet the deep state and the failed ruling class are trying to resist any changes to their failed policies of the past. They believe it is their right to rule over you and to redistribute your wealth all around the world. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's why we ended the Paris Accord. That's why we, we've ended a lot. I don't even want to tell you. But the sellout of the American nation ended the day I took the oath of office, and you understand that.
1: I mean, that is a huge, huge thing that the president's going to carry right through this 2020 election season. Basically, we've got a, an establishment, an administrative state in Washington, D.C., especially in the foreign policy and, uh, and defense. Um, the armchair warriors, not the actual war fighters, who have uh, made a career of uh, globe trotting, uh, handing out uh, American blood and treasure in order to uh, to you know create their own little fiefdoms. The president's trying to end it. He's uh, he's trying to overcome determined and and entrenched opposition, and he's making some progress. But of course, it's not without. Uh, controversy, and that's what we see going on in Washington right now. And uh, and Trump touched a little bit on the Democrats' tactics that they're using to try to stop him.
8: And they know they're not going to win in 2020, so let's see what can we do to win, but that's not working too well. You'll see. The American people are fed up with Democrat lies, hoaxes, slander, the Democrats' outrageous conduct has created an angry majority that will vote the do-nothing Democrats the hell out of office soon.
1: You know, who ever would have thought that this guy, a real estate developer, um, in, you know, his... His later years um, would have emerged from New York City, of all places, to become the populist national leader of a movement in this country that's trying uh, at, at at the very last moment to return our country to, uh, to its roots and to basically overturn the establishment apple cart in Washington, D.C. I'm going to play one more clip now. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a recurring theme in uh, Trump's rallies. It is the, uh, the soaring rhetoric that, uh, that really his uh, supporters need to hear and be reminded of why we're fighting this battle.
8: And above all, we will never stop fighting for the cherished values that bind us together as one America. We support, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. We stand with the incredible heroes and warriors of law enforcement. We believe in the dignity of work and the sanctity of life. We believe that faith and family, not government and bureaucracy, are the true American way. We believe that children should be taught to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our Great American flag.
1: As I say, the, the Democrats handed all of these things to Donald Trump on a platter. They've gone, gotten so far away to the to the foundations of this country that uh, they created Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump existed. You know, he, he understood the promise of this country. He uh, took full advantage of it. He didn't do it by... Uh, like you know the financial sector or the tech sector, um, uh, basically trying to chisel other people out of their prosperity, he created actual productive enterprises where he employed tens, probably hundreds of thousands of people through his career uh, in good, solid middle class jobs developing, um, you know, developing properties and, uh, and engaging in you know, productive enterprise. And you contrast that with the Democrats that are over there. Oh, we're going to give you, you know, a minimum income, guaranteed income. We're going to have a, a green new deal. We're going to, we're going to, um, you know, give you free this and free that Donald Trump is building on the free enterprise system in this country and is, uh, is creating millions and millions of jobs, and at long last, after uh, having all of the gains in productivity and prosperity go to the uh, to the very people, the people at the very top, he's finally getting um, uh, wage increases for working people. Since he took office three years ago, uh, wages have gone up nine percent on average, and the biggest part of uh, those wage increases have gone. To the people at the uh, bottom and the middle of the wage scale, that's how this country works. The people in this country have a strong work ethic. We—they don't want to sit at home and and watch Oprah. They want to go out, have the dignity of work, be able to support their family, send their kids to school, schools that are not going to poison their minds, and at some point, you know, be able to go to uh, the beach on occasion, and, uh, and, and then have a dignified retirement. Donald Trump is facilitating that all, while the Democrats are determined to sell you a bill of goods that says that you can have all of this stuff without working. And they're stuck in this groundhog day of impeachment. They've been talking about impeaching this president since the day he came into office. They've spent all of their time and energy not on trying to assists this president, but trying to defeat him and everything that he represents. They keep telling us no one is above the law. But they have yet to cite a single actual crime that Donald Trump is supposed to have committed. Even this latest thing, even if you accepted that Donald Trump asked the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden, well, that's a perfectly legitimate activity for the president to do. You've got the number one, we're, we're told at least, contender for the Democrat nomination who is credibly accused of having engaged in massive crime and taking millions of dollars for himself and his family while he was vice president of the United States. Don't you think that's something the American people might have an interest in? I do. But even if you believed that, you know, he was digging for dirt on his political opponent, where is the crime? They keep saying he's committed crimes but they won't cite a crime they won't st- cite a statute what they're basically doing is they're arguing that uh, joe biden's above the law he's our guy he's above the law any anything that uh, looks at him is must be a crime in and of itself keep saying nobody's above the law and everybody has to be held accountable except apparently joe biden and what about accountability for the whistleblower did he have clearance To know the privileged and classified information that went on on that call and all of the people that he says told him about it? Yes. I mean, no, he did not have a clearance because he did not have the need to know. Did he lie on his form, his whistleblower form, when he denied that he had had contact with Congress when, in fact, he had coordinated with Adam Schiff's staff? Yes. He lied on the form. Is he guilty of other crimes? Well... Democrats say we, we can't cross-examine them, so you're not, you're, you'll never know. And old Joe Biden has fallen to fourth place in the Iowa caucuses. He is, the former vice president of the United States is trailing the current mayor of South Bend, Indiana. It's an alternate reality that the media and the Democrats are living in. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo Five O radio network. We'll talk to you then.
5: As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at QuestCOVID19.com. That's QuestCOVID19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more.